Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 595. I have to say, uh, before I start, the, the the mix on that is completely different to me. Now, I, just, I, I was just saying before the show, I've just had my ears syringed, uh, or not syringed, but cleaned, um, because I was I was just going deaf in one ear, and I, it sounded like uh, maybe I, I needed that. And everything sounds very different, much more high fidelity and wide range, which is a kind of appropriate, uh, appropriate way to start a podcast uh, about audio and music technology, because that means... You can feel confident that I probably can hear more of it than I could last week, which is is good in some ways, but there's no way I'm going back and doing all those synth reviews again. You'll just have to kind of take my word for it. But um, if, yeah, as Rich was saying before the show, um, maybe some of those filters I thought were a bit dark were actually not at all. Anyway, uh, Sonic Talk is the podcast to do with music technology, as I've said, uh, synthesizers, drum machines, uh, software, controllers, apps, all that whole kind of business. And uh, we want to say thank you very much to our friends at Softube, who will be uh, will telling you a little bit about um, their plugin. And also, we want to talk to uh, say thank you very much to Isotope. Uh, there's a competition about halfway through. You'll be able to win a copy of Ozone 9 Advance, which has just come out, which is actually quite a powerful suite of mixing and intelligent audio finagling plugins. Uh, more on that later. Let's say hello to our guests. And we'll start off with uh, Mr. Matt. Matthew Hodson at Maths, 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 who Howdy. is in a new venue. Um, you've moved, yeah. haven't you? This is one of the your excuse yeah. for saying I can't make it. I'm moving. I'm moving. Now you're in. Yeah. I'm in. Me, me, and the skull are in. This bad boy. Yeah, we're in. This is the uh, Church of Hodson, if you like. It is. This used to be an old church. I mean, I'll just show you guys the the, the ceiling up there. This is pretty pretty high roofs and stuff so i'm um studio still in boxes i'm just on a few big pieces of work done um because it, it's pretty reverberant in here you can't hear it on this mic but yeah yeah we heard it on, we heard it on the compressed macbook mic it sounded like it'd be great for drums yes absolutely <laughs> i think i might be able to get away with that i don't know i don't know but i'm certainly it's certainly a nice big creative space to to set everything up feels very creative there's some nice light in here it's it's nice and vibey and uh can't wait to to get everything set up really you know it's, so, a, it's always that limbo land when you've you've moved and things are in boxes and and you start moving away from doing music and you start going oh forgot what i was doing how does a synthesizer work again uh, yeah out <laughs> of the flow i know what you mean so did you yeah. did are you doing was it was it converted already or did you was it like a church when you moved in no, it was converted in 2006. Uh, so there's like mezzanine areas up here and things like that. But um, I'm just having a little bit of work to open up an area over which you can't see. And I won't show you because it's embarrassing because I've just got stuff everywhere. Um, just to open that up a little bit more to allow me to set up more equipment, uh, guitars. And basically, it's going to allow me to have like a, a guitar amp sense, uh, set up over there, a vocal area, a drum area, modular synth area, uh, experimental noodle area and that kind of thing. So it's very much, uh, yeah. It's a, a music-focused, life-changing yeah. move by the sound of it, yeah. Yeah, I even bought an electric scooter yesterday, you know, one of those ones. Oh, really? That's still illegal. Yeah, I got one of those to bez around on as well. So uh, I don't know, what's this? This is maybe the midlife crisis that everyone talks about. I don't is know. it red? <laughs> It's black, of course. Ah, well, that's okay. You're yeah. probably, I think you're safe. <laughs> but that'll go lovely along the promenade along the coast. They're great. I mean, we, we yeah. hide those in uh, in Santa Monica a couple of years running. They're great for getting around, actually. That's really, superb. really. Yeah, but just waiting for them to change the laws on it, because in the UK, yeah, you're yeah. only legally allowed to drive them really on your driveways. 
Yeah, which is a bit pointless, obviously. It is and, a bit, yeah. And considering they're trying to get everybody to stop using, uh, you know, fossil fuels, it seems like they yeah. might, they might want to shift that rule a bit sharpish. Hopefully. Well, Matt, thank you for uh, for joining us, and uh, we also have cool. Mister Richard Hilton who's there at home uh, for a, a, a more extended period. He's had a lot of time on the road and is back. Uh, that's with Sheik, of course, by playing keyboards, and he's back now uh, chilling like a resident because you are, in fact, a resident in your own home in uh, in the eastern seaboard of the United States of America. How are you, Rich? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. And, yeah, I'm enjoying having some time at home. And uh, But this week is... Uh, very busy with work uh, preparing for next week's performance we're doing in New York with Dolly Parton wow. joining us. Wow. And um, you're making your way through learn. all the classic, all the classic ladies in the in the music biz at the moment. <laughs> that sounded I've bad. Through, I didn't mean uh, like that. We've no well, well. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I quite like it that way. No, um, no. Uh, I have actually had the great privilege to work with some unbelievably legendary uh both men and women and uh this will be another one of those amazing moments excellent i always wanted dolly parton to be my auntie she's <laughs> just sort of you know she's probably the coolest uh, yeah there's there are you just say yeah wouldn't she be cool to have around at christmas and you know see you occasionally and she just seems like such a nice you know, <laughs> I, I i'm really glad that she is nice because there haven't been any of those kind of uh clandestine videos of her being like really horrible and breaking the spell she actually genuinely seems like a lovely person which i think is always nice to have that reaffirmed uh, um, i'm told that she is and i'm looking forward to meeting her and uh, i've been working hard on i've been using uh, i'm actually possibly I, I expect to be using the rolly seaboard uh playing strings on this for the first time uh, i'm quite excited about that you know what that, i've never played I, it on I, stage you're gonna get more camera shots rich is it a pitch to end up to kickstart your your tv career <laughs> the cameraman will zoom in and go hey what's that that looks cool <laughs> oh they're not going to be looking at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, let's, be real. let's be serious first of all look where Let i am see. second of yeah. all look who rhinestone, else is on the stage rhinestone roly rhinestone yeah, rhinestone every time uh, yeah they're going to be looking at dolly trust me and of course Dolph, they will yeah. and uh the people in the center <laughs> of the stage and uh that's as it should be but in any case i'm going to be having a blast over there uh, with my Roly Seaboard playing some of these string parts because it just seems like the right thing for these parts. Oh, She's got cool. actual fiddlers on stage on her live show. And while I can't claim to duplicate actual fiddlers on the thing, I can get a little closer texturally than I would get using the rolling keyboards I use for the rest of my world. Interesting. So interesting, I've decided to make it an adventure. I've got my charts right here oh wow jolene look at that yeah that one there's a word the jolene awesome. chart awesome um wow and so uh i'm preparing and i'm working and i'm having a blast at, at it oh there's another possible show title roly just because you can hold on well do you see that do you see what i did there rich with the lyric they're gonna need they're gonna need to pay me a lot more money if they're gonna use that if you're gonna use that no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding fair enough anyway the um, least they could do though is open a damn service center in the u.s Oops, yeah oh uh, yeah yeah i think you're right i think you're right so um so listen um both uh, we, i don't know if we covered this but both of you guys actually were did you meet in new york because you both didn't you both go to um to as i did not oh. meet matt we didn't meet up, no. We should have hooked that up. We should have hooked it up. Now, 
but um, so I, I, Rich, I think we asked you about AES, and you were saying there was lots that uh, who was and wasn't there. And I haven't spoken, to, I haven't spoken to Matt about this as well because I know uh, you were you there for the whole duration, Matt. I was there for yeah, I was there for most of it. Yeah, in and out. Um, lots of meetings though, in between. Right. Okay. Bobs, yeah, but uh, yeah, I had a good look around. Uh, hanging around with the software guys quite a lot. Saw some of the mixing with the masters stuff going on. Um, few few shootouts on different uh, monitors and things like that. Um, but it's really good. Yeah, I mean, what an amazing show! It's it's getting better and better every year. It's second time I've been to the one in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that part, are you yeah. going? Are you going to that as part of your sort of BIMS tutorial he- tutor head? So it's part yeah, of right. Yeah, there's a bit of that. So I go out and it's good to meet up with, obviously, people in the industry, look at what's coming up, what's the new stuff, uh, and forward plan ahead, basically, to incorporate that back into the curriculum and look at things that we might need to buy for next year and, uh, yeah, to build into the course, basically, keep up to date, man. Because, as you know, production's moving ahead, moving so fast all the time new stuff yeah you don't well, you don't want to be in a kind of epcot center scenario really do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way you want to be yeah. with a music technology yeah. uh, educational facility i remember totally. going to the epcot center in like i don't it must have been 1990 and it was so quaint because it was all full of late 60s and early 70s technology that was brilliantly kitsch and just fantastic but it, it hadn't been updated and it was kind of like a decade or two behind the actual real world which was kind of funny but so you don't yeah you don't want to be in that scenario so how'd you find new york was it what was the weather like was it good yeah uh it was a bit nippy it was but it was good though i managed to get sunburned even though it was cold but i did that's because i did a lot of walking around it's yeah. just like walking around a film set it's just brilliant i uh, uh i always go to visit the uh, ghostbusters hq I saw a photo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that, love that. And there's my favourite bar across the road from it, uh, my favourite bartender guy, guy in there called Josh, who was very kind. He invited me to a, a secret gig of a, of a quite well-known band who were doing a warm-up before their tour, uh, which was really nice of him. Um, loved it. What a great place. Great place and great people out there as well. Expensive though, eh? Yeah, well, it's a great, it's a great a vibey city, that's for sure. Um, okay, yeah. well, um, let's let's get on to a bit of uh, a bit of stuff. And uh, this was this may seem on the face of it kind of dull, but this is uh, this is called Black Hole Virtual Audio Driver Point Two. And for those of you who perhaps don't, in fact, I'm using it at the moment. This Soundflower has been interrupt communication on OSX for ages, but it's been sort of orphaned. I mean, there are uh, Audio Hijack, Rogue Amiga, Audio Audio Hijack, which still uses SoundCloud as well, or comes no, sorry, Soundflower. I should say, um, but this is the new, a uh, sort of new bit of uh, updated source, which actually does apparently work with 10.10 and up. Um, and you know, it's it, it may seem very dull, but actually, this is the sort of thing that really causes a lot of hassle trying to figure out audio routing between applications, particularly for Skype calls and screen recording and all that. And you end up with masses of latency because I mean, imagine the Soundflower code is ages old so you get this huge interrupt latency and you can even even with the screen recorder and the, the, the those kind of latest versions that a lot of those are using sound at soundflower and you end up with this sort of massive disconnect between the audio and this so this is actually quite a big deal it's called uh, let me see it's called black hole uh, it actually works with catalina which uh, i mean considering that almost nothing in the uh, in the world does i'd say that deserves brownie points but um i mean I don't know whether you guys. I'm guessing Matt, you probably use uh, interact audio stuff on the Mac a bit. I mean, do, do you use Soundflower? Yeah. What do you currently use? 
Yeah, I used to use Soundflower. Um, I used it for all sorts of stuff, everything from like live streaming and being able to record things simultaneously uh, to doing tutorial videos. Um, I do private tuition as well sometimes for people and consultation. So I'd use it for that. Soundflower, when that, that was so brilliant and so intuitive and simple to use, sort of, um, when that kind of disappeared, I was really gutted. So I then went over and started using what I believe Soundflower became is uh, Loopback. Are you familiar with that by Rogue Amoeba? Right, okay. Loopback, uh, yeah. Loopback, yeah. So um, what's really cool about Loopback is it gives you a kind of uh, an interface where you can literally kind of, it's like modular, just patching where your audio is say coming out of iTunes and you want to route it through DAW and then out of there simultaneously into, into whatever you want. Uh, it's got pass, pass through recording as well. So, um, which means I believe it doesn't incur any, any delay in the audio. Right. Um, wow. very important. It, yeah. Using it for things like Skype as well. While you've got a DAW open, you want to run your DAW out into Skype when you're doing, like say with tutorials with someone who who's not in the same country as you, um, so it's really really cool. In fact, some of the some of the ways that the students on my course do their final work is they do kind of like YouTube videos, if you like. So they're doing um, they'll record the screen of their DAW and they'll open up their compressor and their EQ and their reverbs and show us the, the settings that they've been using to mix stuff. So to do that, they use a combination of QuickTime and uh, loop, cla- uh, 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 loop back and um, Soundflower and that kind of thing to work. But now Black Hole's come out. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking uh, at Loopback. Like uh, Loopback is that. like 120 bucks, which I'm, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of student discount. So, or maybe there isn't, but that's kind of a lot of money for the students. It's funny that none of this stuff is kind of yeah. built into OSs or as much. Yeah, right. Because it's sort of particularly in the creative world. I mean, it seems kind of crazy, really, that this stuff is so hard to do. And I've been in a situation where we're doing a, a court like what we're doing now. You know, say, for instance, you wanted to bring your mic in. Uh, oops, beg your pardon. You wanted to bring your mic in and the audio from your desk or Rich, you wanted to feed. It, it's, it's just, it's not worth the hassle. It's a real pain. Um, Rich, what do you, mm. I mean, you must have a use for this once in a while as well. I mean, what, what kind of, what do you, what's your solution? Uh used to use Soundflower back in the day. I don't have that much need for this, but if I did, I've I've never used Black Hole, and I'm sure it's a fine product, and I read about it, and it all looks very interesting to me. Um, I, I have used Rogue Amoeba products before, um, most notably Audio Hijack, and it's fantastic, and it does exactly what it purports to do. So I would be tempted to look at Loopback, uh, especially after Matt recommends it. Uh, Reverend Hodson, that is. Um, so uh, um, I would be uh, inclined. I would be inclined to try any of them, but but uh, I do have good experience with the Robomiga products, and uh, I'd be tempted to have a look at that. Yeah, I've been using them for years. I mean, I remember when we first started the podcast. I mean, I had this insanely complicated setup where I'd have. Skype open on the same computer, then I'd have a mic coming in, I have video, and it was it was really, really difficult. And I used the Rogamiva stuff then. But back then the computer just didn't have enough grunt really to do all of this stuff in real time and with very low latency. It just was it was always crapping out. And that's the thing that, you know, now computers can do this kind of thing. And so it's good to know that there's a free one. So if you're looking for it, Black Hole, I mean, this is what it looks mm. like. Uh, oh, it's and it, free. I, didn't, I, I think this that. is free, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's, I think that's it's 16 channels as well. Well, it's at uh, 16, it, it'll do more. It'll do as much as you right. want. Uh, and Because I, I, I'm currently using, let me see if I can find it, because I have to use it. I use the, the thing that I use to share the screen, which is something called NDI, which means the screen gets shared over the network into the switcher, which is brilliant low latency stuff. The only way I can get it to come into uh, in, into my world, uh, is that not showing up? doesn't show up i can't show it on the screen is uh um is a thing called ndi scan converter and that uses soundflower there's no other kind of method and and that is and soundflower used to work on the two channel version but for some reason it stopped working and i i can only use it in 64 channel version which is kind of crazy because i'm only ever using two so this is a good one i, I should give a shout out to peter kern on uh, create digital music uh cdm.link uh, for spotting this because it, it's definitely a big a big use for that. And uh, these are the sort of things that, you know, need to happen to kind of make our lives, you know, concrete content creators, particularly yeah. when you're mixing it all up, it gets a re it's just, you know, having to figure this stuff out for yourself is sometimes very complicated and very difficult. I just, I just think it's cool that someone made this and it's for free. And I think they just announced it on Reddit and was like, Oh, Hey everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, Soundflower is gone. So I just made, something that basically does what Soundflower did, have it. And it's just like really cool somebody's done that. Well, I hope somebody licenses it to using commercial products so that he can uh, he can get some kind of payback because mm. we're all happy to take free stuff. It's, uh, a, but, you know, if, if, if he's got a, the licensing structure in place so that somebody can come along and say, oh, can we just grab that code? Because it, work, it works, well, even if it's only because it's the only one that works in Catalina, maybe we could figure out how to get our stuff to work. I don't know. <laughs> I won't go on about that because that's uh, very tedious. <laughs> so we have spent an inordinate <laughs> amount of time talking about it. Um, right, yeah. so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, scariest synth sounds. It's uh, it's Halloween, right? It's Halloween. Uh, well, tom is it tomorrow? What's the date today? 30th. Yeah, Halloween's tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, it was going to be a particularly portentous Halloween for us, but we're no longer leaving the European Union on the 31st, so we can rest easy, maybe not fill out those carnets just yet. Um, that's perhaps another topic which we will get into at some point. Um, but... Um, yeah, I wonder what I was thinking about. We occasionally do this scary sound. I mean, we've talked about, you know, doing the soundtrack for horror films and that and this whole sort of notion of being able to use, you know, this is really fun. This is kind of what synthesizers are made for, you know, this kind of spookiness and scariness and this sort of because of the weight and the. And I just wondered, uh, and Matt, I sort of said, what's the scariest synth sound? And you suggested uh, Clark, who's uh, Chris Clark. Yeah. Did he do Body Riddle as well? Yeah. Was that him? Yeah, so I this, think he this did. He's on uh, Warp, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, uh, he's been doing. Not only is he a producer, but uh, he's he's done some soundtrack stuff. He's done things with uh, live performance um, dancers, that kind of thing going on as well. Um, I really like him. So his album the... Clark by Clark is he's got some synth tones in it that are just oh man, they're just well, I'm so aggressive. I'm trying to find that. Is it is it a recent album, Clark, or is it one of the yeah, early ones? Yeah, it's pretty ones? recent. It's a black and white front cover with like a silhouette of him on the front, and um, mm. I just really I just like some of the, the sounds that he gets, and he uses that he uses a clever combination of high passing synthesizers, so they get really light but aggressive, <laughs> and then he sort of passes them through reverbs as well at the same time, and then he just smacks it back at you. His his production's just 
just I seem to remember he used quite a lot of detune, and there were a lot of bell and uh, in, in the stuff because back in the day, actually, one of the earliest Sonic Talks when we first started Sonic Talk, uh, Simon Power, who did a lot of production work for us back then, he he did an interview with uh, Chris Clark. Uh, it was around the time of Body Riddle, and and the sounds were lovely, and they were very. It's very kind of mechanical, but there were all this sort of bell and, and tinkly sounds as well as all this other stuff. It was incredibly, really, really good. So I'll have to check that out. Um, I, I'm going to jump in with the uh, the detuned, two two notes detuned with the sort of the, the continuous beating frequency, that stuff that you sit here in those sort of Wes Craven um, movies, are, are really sort of scary. And it's just, it, it's usually quite subliminal and it's just, it, it's really uncomfortable. That's sort of quite a, a good horror thing. I mean, obviously we've got loads of other stuff. Um, I don't know, Rich. Have you, we, we, I'm sure I must have asked you this before: whether you've actually scored any horror or had to do anything that's supposed to uh, to be scary or fearful, and what what kind of sonic approach you would take. Well, I did one, but it didn't appear in the movie that we did it for. So <laughs> oh, I don't damn. Know who, am I at liberty to tell stories about music that never appeared? Um, I, I would think so. So we're doing the movie Beverly Hills Cop Three which is uh, with John Landis as the director. And uh, it's not the best of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Let's get that out of the way right up front. Um, <laughs> and it takes place, a great amount of it takes place in an amusement park. And I think I have told the story of having to create the carousel music for a, through that place throughout this movie because a lot of it takes place there. But in addition to that, at one point, there's a scene that takes place on what's called the dinosaur ride, which is supposed to be a fearful experience of riding through some form of Jurassic park like environment. And I had, I had uh, all kinds of campy horror movie score ideas that I employed uh, in the way I approached with Nile this of course, with Nile, this piece of music. And uh, we both had a blast doing it. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't make the movie. <laughs> but it was great. Oh. I mean, my approach is to, to look at what those guys did in those campy old Hollywood horror films and try to do a cool modern version of that is kind of where I'm coming from. Because to me, at that moment, you're, a, you're seriously in homage mode. Right. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, reinvent yeah. that wheel for this movie. No, I'm going to go and be as campy and as ridiculous as I can in the same way that, you know, whoever it was, Bernard Herrmann, he wasn't ridiculous or campy. But, I mean, guys who had to do that kind of thing, you know, it was coming from that. That's really interesting. I mean, I, and I think there was a transition phase, wasn't there? Because there was the musical thing where you get lots of augmented and diminished and sort of like Tchaikovsky-esque kind of uh, uh, aggressive music, which was very much of the orchestral approach. And then presumably there was a transition as synthesizers became more available into less and just more atmosphere and more unpleasant sounds in themselves. You know, just something that was sinister rather than... Music yeah, I was much more Hitchcockian. I was yeah. much more uh, Hitchcockian about it in my approach than that. I wasn't taking it to the modern post-Tron movement kind of world of scoring. I was drawing on orchestral because that's how the score mostly was. It was orchestral, so it was appropriate to the surroundings. Have you, have you guys ever been in that situation where you're working on music and you've got some sounds going and then you think somebody calls your name and you stop the music or you turn down, you're like, huh? 
Oh, and I, it actually wasn't. It was just something you heard. It was like that's harmonic. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty A harmonic representation. It's it is interesting, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I think that I, I'm because we we look back at you know the, the 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 kind of I guess John Carpenter, you know, obviously famously scored most of his movies just for for, for whatever reason. But he goes the melodic approach. It's the sinister melody, you know, and the the the, the motif. Particularly, I get was it Halloween he did? Was did he do Halloween? Was that, or I can't remember which ones he did. But they they have sort of thematic uh, approaches, and I, I guess it depends on you know the sound that you can have the sound of something. And I, I don't know. I think there's so many different ways of doing it, and that's the beauty of it, isn't mm. it? You can you can imply things because it's almost like the uh, the 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 spacey child the. The, the child's music box in over a really mm. scary looking scene because that in itself is a, a beautiful thing but it's the juxtaposition that makes it kind of more sinister and more unpleasant it's like oh there's something really really wrong going on here yeah. so you got you can play against the visuals I, I've never done it but I know uh, I know Tara Bush actually because there was a there was an article uh, came up on uh, Facebook which was um they're they're going to restart the Hammer Horror kind of franchise, and they put like a, a lot of money into it. So they're going to be producing a load of uh, uh, horror films again because the horror film industry is a massive. You know, it's worth a billion dollars or it's some some ludicrous amount. And she was like, "Yeah, hell yeah! You know, if you need any scores, I'm there." And and I think it's for some people just would love to. It must be really good fun, a sort of real playground to to do a score from start to finish in mo- out of a modern yeah. horror. Must be. Have must you be- seen? He's seen Midsummer, which is a pretty modern horror. Um, I don't watch I horror films. Uh, I just can't face them. Oh. Ever since I had a kid, ah. I just, I, I just can't cope with that level of visceral fear. I just, it just doesn't, right. doesn't work for me anymore. Well, well, check out, and maybe you can appreciate the soundtrack on its own by Hacks and Cloak uh, for, for Midsummer. He uses a lot of uh, stringed, uh, bowed guitar kind of stuff going oh, really? on, and. Uh, Low oh, vibrato man. and harmonics and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. slightly discordant and quite minimal. Um, totally not terrifying at all, really, as as an instrument goes. Because I've played them, they're beautiful sounding, but I, I, I don't know. It's the way that he's presenting them. It's just it's something really eerie about it. It's great. Oh, I'm just thinking that the show title could actually be a scream. I don't know how you would write a scream. Would it be a a a a a a a a r r r r r r r g h g h? I don't know how it would be. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Um, okay. Well, let's uh let's just jump in and have a message from our friends at Soft Tube. This is, of course, Monument Bass. This is the bass synth that is designed specifically for basses. Uh, lots of stereo samples of some vintage and rare instruments recorded through stuff that is designed to kind of get the most bass tones out of those. And then processed after that in very specific bass ways, multiband compression, equalization, spatialization, which is a really interesting word because a lot of basses now stereo and also uh, have some sort of ambience on them. The stuff that comes out of it, it just kind of, you put it in and it, it occupies the low end really well, shall I say. It feels like once it comes out of this, you don't need to actually do much more to it because you've got all the sculpting in tools in there. So uh, I think it's also nominated for a tech award this year. Uh, but yes, do check it out. This is the uh, SoftTube Monument Base uh, plugin and you can get it wow. at SoftTube.com. Uh, right, so... Um, What's next? Let's have a look. Scary synth sounds. Oh, yeah. Who's ready for this, then? Hello. 
Today, I'm going to walk you through setting up Control Room on your studio computer. So the idea of this first is step, basically you using a VR, VR uh, what you'll environment. What you want to do first is head to the Oculus Store and search for Control Room. For Oculus Rift, let's fast forward it up. I don't think we need to see the screenshots. All right, so control them in VR. So you can create mixers, cool. you can create clip launch and all this kind of thing. Which, you know, on the face of it, you now can we're imagine... Going to activate the spatial mixer from the tools menu. Wow. So There's a handle point. at the bottom. I won't play the whole thing. Because I can always say I won't play the whole thing. I've got to play a video where I don't play the whole thing. And I've got to say that. It's, it's part of the rules of the uh, Sonic Talk bingo, I believe. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting idea. Perspective control and VR. And it feels like, you know, you've got, like, young fresh producers who probably are also into gaming and 3D stuff. And you can see them sort of desperate, trying to kind of bring these two worlds together because, I mean, on the face of it, you've got this fantastic technology and this fantastic technology and a way to bridge them together. We did a thing with the live in VR as well um, where they're doing similar things. And the idea of creating these three-dimensional environments that have that can then talk to your other applications while mixing. And I just wondered whether, you know, are, are we ready? It feels like, you know, because this, uh, this one is out. Uh, let me see, what did they do? They, they put it out and it was, I mean, it's reduced from 249 to 49 bucks. So I, I don't know whether that's because people aren't taking it up or they're just trying to get it over, you know, get it, uh, exposure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I couldn't, put, I, I don't know about that. But I'm just wondering, you know, would that make sense? I mean, Rich, you, you know, because you recently had this kind of epiphany, didn't you, from the mousing around and then finding a controller that really yeah. worked? Because before that, it was like, man, I don't really need that. And now you've kind of done... Do you right. think there's an, a similar leap somewhere along the way from going from physical to this VR thing? I mean, I don't know whether you've experienced much kind of contemporary VR technology. I mean, it's not something that I've seen much, but it's it's really only once quite... And briefly, only once and very briefly in terms of my experience with VR. However, right. this thing... Vis-a-vis what it is, whatever it is, and the way they're marketing it, such as it is, um, I don't know. I want to like this thing, and I want to know what it's for, and I don't know if I like it, and I don't know what it's for. And I watched all the promotional stuff and looked at all the menus and all the – other than being an EQ and an ambience enhancement device and a couple of other things, um, I just don't get it as a product. I don't understand it. I don't understand how they make all kinds of claims of how this is going to improve my workflow and make my life better. And I don't see any of that in what they're showing me, but maybe that's a limitation in my thinking and I'm still not giving up and I'm not, yeah. you know, crucifying oh, so these poor guys who are working hard on this thing. But I will say the marketing is confusing in those and that software they're presenting does not look like what I would want to be presenting on the screen that's it's it just doesn't look right to me and it's presented funny and i just don't right. get it it makes me question but what's what i suppose what's interesting with what you said was that there is almost you would like to see if it you know there, there's a there's a there's a positive you know there's a positivity that you would like this technology to work and figure out how it could work for you that's 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 kind of an interesting point and i think that's the case with a lot of this stuff a lot of the vr thing people go oh this could mean something kind of game, well, I hesitate to use game changing, but paradigm shifting, you know, a way that I can work, maybe, because when I spoke to, when I spoke to the guy from Alive in VR, uh, who, that, I don't know if you've seen that uh, from, it was from uh, Synthfest, and he's doing a similar thing, but his is more advanced because he's been doing Ableton Live stuff, and he said, you know, he's got all these backgrounds where, you know, you can create music using various widgets and whatnot so it, with, 
within his software using the same Oculus Rift or Oculus, I forget which other one it is. Um, and he said that the background to the objects that they're in, so if you put this in a kind of light, large uh, outdoor space and you're kind of creating music in there, the stuff you create in there with the, with the background is different to what you do when it's in a darkened cube, a cuboid or whatever. And so having to be being able to influence the space you're working in when you're not working in it is also quite interesting. I, I don't know whether these guys are there yet in terms of what it needs to do. I, I mean, I may, may I also say that this may relate to uh, people who create content for VR and it may be perfectly suited to that workflow in a way that I don't imagine because uh, I've yeah, never yeah. been that workflow. So there may be tremendous relevance and use of this for this thing that just doesn't happen to match up with the way I work in my life right now. And I'd like to learn about that. Yeah, so I think that well, there's all these, there are, I think there are, um, I, I forget the name of that. We've talked about this before, but there are, get there are, there are interfaces for music and sounds into the game world and the 3d engines that, uh, that, that tackle a lot of that stuff. I don't know if you have, actually have to act out a lot of these things, but you could certainly prototype and understand what was going on. Exactly. It's well, yeah. if it, facilitates that sort of thing in a way that I just don't imagine because I've never had to do it, then that's a great thing too. So maybe this has more to do with content creation for the medium than it has to do with how it's going to enhance my ability to mix a record. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it, Matt? I mean, will it help mix a record? Because I mean, we've seen with uh, certainly Isotope used a lot of visual representation for visualizing a mix and the mix visualizer and spatial visualizer. You know, you could see that trans mm. that sort of thing translating yeah. into three dimensions as well. I mean, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Will will this help a mix? Well, I don't know if this enables you. And I'll, I couldn't quite make it out again. I I, I agree about the marketing thing here. Is um, yeah, there's a bit of empty clothes going on, isn't there? I think a little. Yeah, I, I mean, if this allows me to have a 32 channel desk in front of me which is essentially all my channels coming from ableton or something and i'm very quickly able to jump from fader to fader and use multiple fingers to to kind of mix as if as if it was real maybe maybe that might be quite interesting because that opens up a world for people who are in very small studio environments and suddenly they put their hat on and they've got a big desk and they've got everything around them within touching distance so, so maybe that in terms of workflow, are we ready for it yet? I don't know if we are. Yeah, I don't think we are. No, I don't this think is, we're quite. It's one of those things that gets thrown at, at the public and goes, "Hey, catch this, see what you can do with it, see if this works." And uh, well, it's I like three D TV, isn't it? it? It's three D TV, yeah. and nobody really went for that. I mean, it was, it was like the industry. Yeah. Yes, this is what you need, and it didn't really ever kind of go. You know, it didn't go large. I mean, it, it made sort of. But the thing that's interesting yeah. about this as well, I mean, you you can imagine combining something like this with that. I did a review of that Waves uh, uh, headphone technology, where you can basically have a head tracker. And you have a plug-in and you can listen in Abbey Road Studio 3, I think it was. And I personally found it really interesting and quite useful. That that helped me with a mix. So I could think maybe if there's a mm. if you would imagine that technology with I suppose the visual of the room, so that mm. you're getting visual cues as well from the speakers, which is mm. even more because I mean the audio cues are very powerful. I mean, I was finding that it's like, wow, that really sounds like these speakers are giving me this sound in front of me. You know, I, because I can see those speakers there, I'm believing what I'm hearing in my ears. So I can see there's there's a tie in there, but it feels like there's a little bit of a way to go. I mean, I suppose the problem is I, I've only I I I. I 
checked out VR uh, on, I think it was a PlayStation, whatever it was, at a friend's house. Uh, my daughter was having a singing lesson and the kid was in the, the playroom and I said, oh, that's interesting. He said, oh, I'll have a go. And I was, it blew me away, but it was really, really disconcerting and I was completely disorientated. I don't know whether or not gaming is a part of what you do at BIMS. I mean, I'm sure it must be. I mean, are yeah. you a gamer? Yeah. Do you do you know what it's like to be in a 3D world for extended periods yeah. of time? I mean, mixing takes yeah. a while, right? You know, so... It absolutely does. But I mean, when you're working in gaming and things like that, you're working in a non-linear way. You know, you're using platforms like uh, Unity, for example, in FMOD, where I don't know if you're familiar with these programs, but essentially you throw stems into it and then you can create loop points and actions based on things that happen and trigger points. Something happens in a game, it plays this piece of music and then it'll move on to the next piece when they're trigger points and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, my students are, are working in 3D environments all the time because I mean, gaming's a big, a big world. And uh, I think most of the, the games that come out now are offered in uh, 3D audio, if you like. But you need to benefit from that. You need a you need 5.1 system. And again, that did that really take off still? 5.1? How many households do have a decent 5.1 system? It's the cables. It's the cables. It's like, you know, when you're hoovering up <laughs> or you're putting it into an existing space and you have to run those cables over those amount of distances. I mean, yeah, you could do it wirelessly, but then you introduce latency, so it's not quite the same. Mm. It's not going to have quite mm. the same impact, I think. Yeah, I think you're right about all of that stuff. I mean, one thing that's quite interesting, I think, is, again, going back to the waves thing, is you do get a sense of three dimensions with it because the way that it it, it records the reflections of the space you're in. So you're getting all That's of these good. clues. And it's very interesting when you solo a bass drum, for instance, that I did it in the video review, you're getting all the early reflections. You're not just hearing a bass drum here. You're hearing it bouncing off the walls. And, and it, it's really apparent. And you don't realise how much even a room that's as well-designed as Studio 3 or you know most major control rooms, you're getting that extra information. And it's quite... It, it really tells you a lot more about the sound or the environment than than you realise, or at least I did anyway. But when you've got headphones on, it's even weirder because you're not you're not seeing the space you're in. But uh, um, I don't know. I, I I like to think it's going to happen. Uh, I suppose what we probably all need is experience in you know because certainly my generation. I can't speak for you, Rich. I don't know about you, Matt. But spending time in a virtual three dimensional space is not something I'm familiar with. I mean, I think it would be yeah. so alien yeah. to go straight in and go, okay, I'm putting these weird things on the front of my head and now I'm immersing yeah. myself and I don't recognise anything here. You know, it's, it's sort of probably too much <laughs> to deal with in one go. Yeah, I think from, from the get-go, if you've got an Oculus Rift and you've got $49 and... Uh, yeah, go for it. Have a go with it. Have a go with this. But for now, if uh, clients like I need this mixed on for tomorrow, I'm not going to. Be- Hang on a minute. I'm just going to try this out. <laughs> Give this a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. Oh, I think you trying that out may, in fact, have just turned the internet to to mush. Oh, there we go. You're back again. Yeah. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's <laughs> it's a sort of it's a luxury, isn't it, Rich? At this point, you know, you just can't because you might find there's one thing that it's really good for, and you go, yeah, I'll try that. The same as you would if you had, you know, it's like this plugin is really good for a hi hat sound that I always like to do. Uh, mixing this bit in VR just works better for me. I'll do the rest normally, but you know, that's the sort of thing that might happen, I suppose. I honestly, when I say I don't know, I mean, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm still optimistic and hopeful that I can find that, but I'm sure it's meaningful for somebody and they clearly have put a lot of work into it, but uh, I'm, I don't, it didn't resonate for me. 
Yeah, no, I get that. Okay, well, um, let's now just have a little word from our friends at Isotope. It's time for the Ozone 9 Advanced Competition. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. Indeed you can, and we thoroughly recommend it. And in fact, we have a competition uh, winner from last week. Uh, we're looking, uh, well, actually, no, we've got a competition for this week. Let's do that first, shall we? Um, we're looking for, it's a Twitter competition, so you need uh, to post two hashtags and a couple of ads. So we're looking for the hashtag Intelligent Audio and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Intelligent Audio and the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And if you... Uh, enter, then what will happen is we'll pick from all the hashtags and all the entries and we get a random number and we count the random number down the list and then that's the winner. That's how scientific it is, folks. Um, but we have a winner from last week uh, and it's a person called, uh, no, if I've got this right, Bob Normal. I just think for the name alone you should probably win. Uh, but you were picked out at Bob Normal 77. I can't believe there are 76 other Bob Normals and possibly even more if we're going up the numeration. Uh, I'd love to get some mixed polish with Ozone 9. Uh, can you help me, Isotope Inc. and Sonic State? Yes, you can. Um, uh, Bob Normal, please do get in touch and we will uh, pass the uh, Isotope Fairies uh, details on to you. Uh, in fact, I want to apologise for anybody the last couple of weeks because obviously Isotope were at AES, so that nobody was around to pick, so we are a week behind, but uh, you will get your prizes, don't you worry. So um, I'm not sure where to go next, because it's, it's the time has flown by. It's absolutely flown by. Who wants to do... Okay, we've got Siberia, Space B, or uh, Reminder, or Recorder. Who's? Uh, does anyone have a strong feeling for e any of those uh, particular topics? Like, I, want to, I would love to hear more about Space B. Space B. Right, let's go for that then. All right, so I think I have a video Believe there. Believe it or not. Ding. So this is Space B. Now, this is uh, this has been going on for quite some time, actually, because we when it first was announced, new. A fusion it was years ago. I'm sure of it. I remember having a conversation with somebody maybe four years ago. In modern form. So now it's basically it's a 101 reimagined in a beautiful CNC aluminium case, extended sequencer. <laughs> One for one sound, and it's a thing of beauty. I mean, it really is, and it's really nice to see. I think somebody making something that's not a race to the bottom price-wise. It's like, look at this beautiful thing. It sounds great. You can buy it. That enables a new form factor thinner than one inch, with uncompromising durability. We've created the first rechargeable analog synth with 16-hour battery that lets you take it anywhere you're going. And that's actually the Kickstarter video, because every time I'm... Actually, the Kickstarter's going pretty well. So you'd think, oh, that's too expensive. I can't, how much is it? It's actually... Uh, it's a, it's a thousand bucks. Pricey. You know, it's yeah, pricey. pricey. But 
171 people seem to have, <laughs> seem to have gone for that. The goal was uh, 78, uh, and they've got they've got 123,000 pounds. So let's have a look. We see what that is in dollars. So they've uh, yeah. So they've basically 50% over their uh, $100,000 goal. So, I mean, there is a demand for it. I mean, I don't know what the natural waste is. You know, I don't know how many of those people fall away. But, you know, I'd, I'd say they're probably there because it's an all or nothing thing. Now, first of all, what is it about the 101 that, it, that seems oh. to garner so much yeah. sort of evangelism? Oh, man, the 101 is probably my all-time favourite, not only because it was my first first little monophonic synth but ah oh, it's i think it's its interface as well as the sound quality it's ease of use and you can take it from a fat bass line to a soaring lead in no time at all so i think that, that in terms of the the interface and the sound quality uh, uh, and the playability those three things combined on the sh101 totally got it um this, and I guess the sequencer uh, is is also something that you yeah. know, people could emulate well, tunes quick. Well, you've got yeah, you've got two sequencers on the SB yeah. Yeah. by the looks of it, and you've also internal got this interesting external. yeah, and you've got this interesting way of kind of combining them. I, I couldn't quite make it out. I, they've got a name for it, the modulo, which is a way of interleaving interleaving sequences that are going, so you can play around with transposition and the direction of the sequences going on. But I think one of the, thing, one of the important things we, we've got to mention here, Nick, is that there is an optional keytar grip that comes with this. That'll swing SB. it. Is so really? I didn't, yeah, man. And I didn't know about this. <laughs> and I've just gone out, I've backed it straight away. As soon as I saw that, I'm there. Cause I, do you remember we did a, we did a bit on uh, keytars in one of the podcasts. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> So, this uh, is it. Yeah, it's quite. A, is, it's it. a, is that it? That's the thing there. It's a sort of. That's it. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's kind of small, but it's kind of redesigned, I suppose. But um, I got to play on this at Superbooth. Ah, yeah. Oh, wow. Lots of people were raving about it. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't know if you guys did. I don't know if you played around with the, the key bed on it because it's it's quite very shallow keys, as you can see from the pictures there that they've got this strange angle the way they go down into the body so they're kind of raised up in a in a way um the feel of them not everyone's going to get it but i i liked it i really like them i love the design it just looks beautiful absolutely beautiful and it instantly if you've got a 101 you're going to gel with it straight away no problem at all and then you start getting into it and you're realizing oh it's got a joystick here as well and you can assign that to different things and then it's got two sequences going on you start finding new little things it's it's kind of like yeah, it's, it is like a. I don't didn't want to say it, but it is like a one hundred and one reimagined in a way. Yeah. Well, I I know I, I, Jim uh, from uh, Synth Memes, Jim Hayward. He did a sounds only demo at uh, was it there? Or was it Knobcon? It might be Knobcon. I forget which. It was probably Knobcon. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So there you have it, Rich. There's some information. We definitely at Superbooth. It was a big hit. People were said it just felt very beautiful. It felt really. Beautifully made, you know, and, and you know. So that's what I that thought it would. That's what I expected from the pictures that that it would provide as an experience. That it was really well built and kind of cool in a very self-contained way. But again, I would want to. I would want to actually have that experience that Matt, the Reverend, had at Superbooth or whatever. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what you think about the key keys on it, Rich, and if you if you know. But, you know, is it shallow? Is it shallow travel? Me. Is it shallow travel? Yeah, they, 
they are right. shallow, but but as you can see, the the keys kind of raise up from the body of the synth in a way. So you, yeah, yeah, they're kind of higher that. up in a way. So even though they're shallow, shallow traveled, the fact that they're kind of higher up than the controls is is kind of different, kind of different Oops. experience. Ah, okay. Uh, well, yeah. interesting. And and uh, it's got 22 days to go. I think they're going to smash that. You know, they'll they'll yeah. they've raised a, lo- a bunch of cash. So, I mean, the good news is because I remember when he first came out with this, I, he was chatting to. I, I think this is the same guy. Somebody rang me up here uh, and just said, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Hmm, I'm not sure." <laughs> Being the mm-hmm. I'm the arbiter of you know, obviously I've I've got the most business acumen of anybody he could think to ring up, and uh, I was wrong because <laughs> people are really into. But I I suspect what happened was I can't remember now whether it was I said I think it's gonna it sounds very expensive, and it was at a time when the the synths were still trending down in price, so it just sort of felt like it was quite a quite a risky strategy. But it looks like it's paid off, and I think that's awesome yeah. because I think it's good that there are expensive things in the world and people because obviously we know Behringer have done a MS201 and people are rave about that and love it and go yeah I'm going to get that I'm going to get I think you you can buy that now can't you have you seen one of those in the flesh Matt yeah I have I got to play on that at Superbooth as well I was at first I wasn't overly blown away with it I think the the, the one that I initially played on there was something up with it I was I couldn't believe it really I, I, I didn't like it at all and then I, uh, I played on a, a different one uh, in the local shop in Brighton and it sounded completely different, and I, com- I thought there must have been something wrong with the initial one that I played on. And um, man, I think that yeah, Berenger have got that that one hundred one that one hundred one right. But it, I don't want to compare that to this SB. I think they are. There will be different tactile a, experience. I think imagine definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And they're just bring, they're bringing something new to it with the SB. Um, it's a premium piece of equipment the sb and what sh101 second hand going for about 750 800 quid or something like that right now and then you've and got they, the yeah they're not exactly robust are they let's face it i mean that yeah yeah in fact someone wrote in the uh, chat room in youtube um what's the scariest synth sound it's the sound of a cs80 rolling down a staircase oh yeah <laughs> scary. that is a scary sound that would be so, well so any form of sudden impact, even if it's only being yeah. dropped by a centimetre, that's a scary noise to hear when that's it comes enough. to a CS80, right? Yeah, That's enough, yeah. And even a 101, you know, you've got to look after those ones. And uh, uh, maybe throwaway culture, you know, for those of us who might be going on, on the road and you're thinking, I want that 101 sound, you buy a cheap Behringer and you don't really mind if, it, if you get a beer spilt on it and kind of replace it a lot easier than you could a 101. You know, so uh, maybe we're moving into this world where you've got a studio set up with your CS80s and your 101s in it, and then on the road you take out something a little bit cheaper that you you're not so afraid of getting damaged or something like that, which is I think that I think that's true. I mean, I think it's quite a niche market. I mean, I don't suppose it's going to result in a lot of sales for that. I think more likely it's people who can't afford the 750 or just want access to this stuff, you know, because these things are a finite resource when they're the originals, you know, there just aren't enough of them to go around for everybody who wants to try one because there just ain't, there ain't, you know, so... I suppose that's one one side of things, uh, but yeah. Um, if you want to get to the kickstart, uh, I think it's US nine 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 dollars or more. You've got. Uh, I think it's going to be June twenty twenty. Eight nine nine was the cheapest one. Uh, that was it. And yeah. the, so now there's the nine nine ones. Was the June ones? Yeah, June anywhere in the world. 
to your warrant and a USB-AC charging cable. Okay. But yeah, it looks Which like a thing. About... It's like a massive uh, OP1. It's that sort of CNC, that kind of quality <laughs> maybe. You know, that's what I'm getting a vibe from. I didn't mm. actually put my hands on one. I'm ashamed to say. I just didn't get around to it. But that's the way it goes. Superbooth is busy, busy, busy. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> right. Um what about uh, what about reminder? Let's have a look at that because you you were you were keen on this, Matt. So, uh, oh yeah, I was actually. Yeah. So this is a it's like a performance effect. It's an interesting. I, I guess it's DSP, uh, and the idea is really it's performance effect with. Uh, I kind of like the, the a reverb loop, double pulse delay, filters. I like yeah. the I like the little lighting up behind the. Uh, on the levels, that looks good. So vibey. It's interesting. I mean, essentially, it looks like it's it's a controller for some digital effects. I mean, that's kind of the concept, which is just an interesting idea. What is this? It's called the Reminder. And it's a. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, it was a late, uh, a late newcomer. Let me see if I can find By, it. Uh, it's a company called Enjoy Electronics. Yeah. And uh, I've been keeping an eye on them since they announced this. Um, they've been putting teasers up on Instagram, and it's now. I think it's on Indiegogo to back it. Yeah, I've got it here. It's. Uh, you got it. There were they. They've only got ten days left, uh, and they are about halfway through. It's forty-seven percent through. So. Okay. I guess that's probably not quite. They need an acceleration if it's going. Like it's probably an all or nothing. I'd imagine. I can't see what that is. Maybe it is. I can't tell. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the the, the page. And I remember. Um, yeah, I think I think it seems to have caught the imagination. I mean, the idea of this sort of performance yeah. effects is the kind of is the concept really. Because I mean, it, it could just as easily mm. be a MIDI controller with a bunch of LEDs. But because then you'd have more flexible I/O. But the fact is, it's not, and that's what it is. So, what is it about it, Matt? That uh, yeah, that that caught, piqued your interest. <clears throat> well, I think every single demo that I've watched, including just that one you just played again, there is uh, just how vibe it is. And vibe is so important for me. Whenever I'm working in a studio with anyone, whatever piece of equipment I'm reaching for, whether it's an LA two A for compression and limit limiting, um, it's got to be vibey. And this thing is instant vibe put stuff through it maybe as well because i'm a bit of a techno head and a lot of the demos sound very techno-y but hands-on stereo um it's usb audio as well so you can record stuff down at low latency uh you've got lfos in there as well reverbs this kind of uh uh infinite feedback loop as well of things going on that you can play around with it's it's just a really interesting machine and Oh, it's quadraphonic yeah, okay, as well. Yeah. Front left, is, uh, yeah, it's a oh, four, it? four channel, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, 24 bit 96K. Okay. Really complex rhythmic patterns that you might not come up with in any other way just because of the architecture of the, the delays and the reverbs and, uh, and the delay lines working in it. I'm just, I just think it's really cool and very tactile, very hands on, very instant, very vibey. You just got it plugged in, just put stuff through it, record it down, have a little jam, find elements that you like from it. Happy yeah. days. Good fun product. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I think that's fair enough. I mean, it reminds me a little bit because, <laughs> I mean, we had a similar thing, you know, it's like the, there's the Dreadbot hypnosis, which is more analogue, obviously, but that's a hands-on effect. I mean, it, it's vibey, you know, you just want to kind of get in there and play with stuff. And effects, because effects, generally, they're either a, a stomp pedal, which means they're on the, you know, not necessarily designed to be up here to be tweaked in real time or they're a, a filter or whatever which in which, which case you would or they're in a rack which again sort of moves them away from the the hands on us i mean i suppose you, you get a bit of that with uh uh the eventide stuff and all the controllers but yeah mm. it's it, it, it's it's not a new concept but it's an uncommon one that's executed to this degree i suppose yeah, it's it's kind of almost an instrument in itself. Every every video that I've watched, and I've reached out to them and said I'd I'd love to get my hands on these and, and have a little play play on it, is um is it becomes an instrument in itself. The way that you play with the delay lines and filtering and reverbs and you can bring things in and out, it, it becomes very, very musical. I think it's it's one of those pieces of kit that you can really gel with and just treat like an instrument and uh, and play it. Well, Just let's see. It, I mean, you know? I think I think uh, it's five hundred bucks, uh, five hundred pounds. So it's not a cheap thing, mm. but it looks like it's reasonably well mm. made. I know, Rich. I mean, hands-on control effects. I mean, you know, it's not the same as plug-in stuff. I mean, we can all automate plug-in things, but you know, as you know, I mean, I'm sure you know. Now you've got a control surface, you're probably thinking, "Ooh, do you get a bit more performative with it? Can you see something that's that in this that you kind of that you might need?" I suppose it's a bit different, isn't it? Because I guess typically the sound, the records that you're working on are not extended dance mixes with lots of kind of sound designy wig out sections so much, but I could be wrong. I, I'd say that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, got a rack of, you know, half a dozen of these next to 24 chord chaos pads might be nice. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, you know, but, but, uh, and the chaos pad is sort of, the first yeah, one of these kinds of products that yeah. I can think of where the thing was mm. just a, an effects unit that you could manipulate in some kind of way. Now, this thing's got, you know, knobs and various other things, and they're kind of hard-patched to things. It almost reminds me, hardware-wise, of uh, the uh, Imp2 controller that's behind me, which um, is a piece of hardware that controls software that does cool things. Now, it does different kind of cool things than this one, but as a piece of hardware, they're sort of similar in their function. And... Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I guess I would think that if it sounds great, um, that it would be a cool thing for people who live perform in that medium and want to be able to do those things at the grab of a knob. I think the interesting thing perhaps is going to be, you know, you know, if it's got a decent filter in it, because there is a filter bank and it looks like you've got a low pass and a high pass. Uh, oh God, it keeps uh, so low. Uh, 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 is it resonant? I can't see because it keeps jumping around. <laughs> Stop animating uh let's see resonance yes there is resonant i mean if it's got a great filter in it for instance um as well as yeah. uh, the digital effects so i'm guessing is the fil do you do we know is the filter is the filter dsp a, as well it's a double chamberlain filter uh i'm trying to think what the where the chamberlain filter has come from and where why that's quoted i can't remember what we've seen that in before yeah i don't know um, it also, also henry also chamberlain says, well, well, maybe, but it, it, it also says that it's, um, it's also allows customization of the unit, and I believe that's probably in the software side of things, but I'm not sure exactly what that is. And I'm wondering with the software, it's, it allows you to do a bit of booting, you know, whether the filter goes before or after the delays or the reverbs or something like that. 
I'd be quite interested to know a bit more detail on that kind of side of things. That makes it really exciting. Load calling up a preset where you've got filter and then delay and then reverb or uh, the routing. Another yeah. one. Yeah, basically a different routing per preset is what I'm trying to say would be really cool. Yeah, I don't know quite what's going on. But yeah, I, I think, uh, well, we're going to have to wait till next year. We'll probably see it at NAM again in person. Mm. Uh, so yeah, well, I hope it does well and I hope it reaches its goal because it's got a little way to go yet. Um, you know, it hasn't gone as blown up as big as the SBO one, but it looks like you know there's there should be enough enthusiasm in the world for it to it to be a thing. I would think. So let's hope so. Hopefully, check that. Uh, I'm just trying to find the uh, where is it? You want enjoy dash lab, uh, which has got it's one of those slightly slightly off now. Envoy Electronics enjoy dash lab, which just sounds like one of those kind of Korean electronic companies that haven't quite mastered the naming naming convention of uh, pro audio um, <laughs> but there we go that's where you can find it enjoy it and i think we're probably there that feels like a good place to stop uh and uh it's now five o'clock in the uk time because obviously we we're running this a bit later i guess next week or the week after rich it, you'll be off but by this we'll be back in sync or will yes. we be two hours further apart i can't remember no no no, no no we'll be back we'll be back in sync the art thing i think happens this weekend um, ah, there we go. So we'll we'll all be back. So it's only it's only one week of uh, of of time travel for, for everybody. Next so. week, I, next week we're doing. Uh, no, next week I will be around. Actually, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. When's your when's your big show then? Tuesday. Ah. And okay. uh, Monday's rehearsal and Tuesday's the show and uh, and I'll be back Tuesday cool. night after the show. Oh, I hope it goes really well. I'm sure it will, of course, because you, know, you get all... to drive home after this gig. That's a beautiful thing. Ah, I suppose uh -huh. so. Yeah, nice, nice one. Well, um, Matt, thank you very much for joining us from your new uh, your new temple of audio, which uh, which I, I'm sure when we come down to see down to your neck of the woods, we'll have to come and visit. Looks like the sort Absolutely. of place that's going to be awesome. I hope it all goes yeah. well, and you can get your cable man. runs in and all of that stuff. Are you putting trunking in, or are you going under the floor? I uh, can't go under the floor because this is semi-listed building. This is an original floor from from when it was a church. So yeah, I can't touch that, and I won't want to anyway. Um, I don't know. I'll probably just hide it under some rugs. I definitely need to do some dampening in here, and I think rugs are the way forward because uh, yeah. it is a bit a bit lively. Yeah, well, that sounds. It can be great. Is that where you're going to be mixing in there as well? Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. You know, I've I've mixed in some quite big open reverby places before and i think once you get your head into it and you adjust you you can kind of figure stuff around and curtains uh, you, you know curtains and drapes yeah. that you can move probably do it so you can liven it up or deaden it up that's or, that, or get the Abbey road thing going on in the vr headset and uh, just you know <laughs> pretend you're somewhere else entirely yeah. yeah back in exactly. your old studio yeah. exactly yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a concept that would be anyway yeah, right. well thanks for joining us matt it's been a pleasure thanks as for ever. having us uh, you're welcome, Cheers. and also, Rich. Thanks for coming in too. Uh, very much uh, enjoyed, and I hope uh, your Roly. Your is that your first gig with the Roly in terms of using it on stage with uh, with the Chic Experience? Yes, assuming Ooh. assuming they allow me, <laughs> assuming they go for this idea. Yeah, um, can you get a custom white one? Maybe that would be oh, the I thing. Want... No, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that should might I? Be... I don't know. Should I? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just. It's just. I kind of like the way it looks. I think it looks fine. Yeah, I think it could get smudgy if it was. It would. You'd have to clean it a lot if it was white. I'd imagine. 
Not not because Pretty of any rubble, other reason yeah. that it just picks up dirt, I'd imagine, a white one. Right, well, thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, we shall see you all next time. I'm going to flip to our, our multi a multi-shot, and uh, we'll see you all, uh, well, I guess we're going to see you as um, soon as we can. Thanks very much for joining us. That was Sonic Talk, episode 595. Uh, that's it. Thanks for watching. See you later. Bye-bye now. See